Okay. It's your it's your razor. I think if it's safe on your balls, it's safe anywhere. No, 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 no. I'm not saying can like like it's a razor, Josh. I know how technology works. Okay, because I wasn't sure if you did. <laughs> I mean, I'm not no judgment. I'm just trying to help you out. He's asking if you put it on your balls, can you then put it on your face? I mean, like man code. I don't care about that. <laughs> Yeah, because it works on your face, guys. Ah, here you did it. Here you did it. <laughs> I can't fucking go to a barber right now, and I mean, it works really well, dude. That's fine. That's fine. I would totally do that. It works really well. That is classic. <laughs> Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code ClockDodgers at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com, and use the code ClockDodgers. Your balls will thank you. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot cope with them. Can't do it. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I am your host, Neil Maligno. I don't know who's with me today since the other guys who normally join me have decided recently that it's call-out season. So I'm just going to speak into the void and see if Adam or Josh happen to be here today. Adam from the Windy City, you around? The boys are back in town, 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 town. All right. So Adam's here. That's That's one. We're one for one. Now, what's that other guy's name that used to be on the show all the time weekly? Joe used Jay. to be on the show. There was a there was a natural disaster in my town, and y'all are acting like I'm just slacking. Yeah, it's it's Blaine. Josh is that is that Josh? Is that his name? Is it yeah, Josh? That's my name. I thought it was Blaine. Oh, Blaine. Blaine? Sure Blaine. Blaine's an Blaine? Oklahoma name. It is an Oklahoma name. I remember he was from Oklahoma. <laughs> is it? I think so. It's like a millennial Oklahoma name. It's not a real Oklahoma name. We're just glad you made it. You survived. The travesty that hasn't been on the news, that hasn't been anywhere reported, uh, but you're here because of this. It happened. We're happy. It happened. I don't know, man. There's been a lot of rumors swirling about why you weren't here. So it's been a, you know, been a few weeks. I think if anything, Adam, Josh not being here for what was it, two, three, four weeks, a month, who knows what it was. It just lets us know how out in the woods this guy is, because I mean. Come on. He got that manscaped and then he disappeared. It was weird. It, it lined up kind of perfectly. It kind of like as soon as he got manscaped, he was just gone. Yeah. Mr. Oklahoma 2020 just prancing around Oklahoma City over here. This is let me just tell you, first of all, the there there have been some manscaped benefits, but that was not the reason I was gone. Okay. We had an ice storm in October. And that means that all of the the trees still had their leaves. And when you put ice on all of that, it's very bad. <laughs> it's very, very, very bad. We'll take and your word like, for it. There are still major intersections in Oklahoma City that don't have working streetlights. And we're just taking turns out here. It's the wild west. I'm going to need somebody from Oklahoma City who listens to the podcast to reach out to us and let us know if this is real or not. Because 
Because Neil doesn't have the time for Google. I don't. <laughs> I have sent you guys pictures. Don't act like listen, I don't have evidence. Listen, when I lose power out here because of hurricanes, you guys don't got to ask questions. It's on the news. It's reported everywhere. I don't know what this guy's talking about. It just seems like if everyone's losing power, it's a big deal. I would hear about it. But I'll use Google. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can get some Oklahoma listeners out there to, to, to hit us up. But we'll see. Let's move on from Josh. He's back. We don't want to lose him. We don't want some more ice to fall in his house. So before that happens, let's just go a little further into the episode here, guys. Okay. Quick shout out to all the Clock Dodgers listening, the Derek Carr truthers, the zero running back practitioners, the standard score participators, and even the Jared Kip McKinnon deniers. We appreciate you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate you bearing through, you know, these guys calling out week in and week out, week in and week out, week in and week out. We're here as always. Hey, guys, you know, I was also looking at, you know, how I told you guys that on the downloads when you look at the downloads you can see where people are listening from that is the weirdest thing to think that someone like in morocco is listening yeah so i was kind of like having fun with it just you know jumping around looking at it seeing what's going on we had some europe people in europe listening man on a weekly basis like shout out to those people man i don't know what's going on maybe, maybe there's like illegally downloading sure. for us hooking up our numbers or something I'm sure, know, yeah <laughs> definitely you know not even an ocean can come between us because they're listening weekly and i love it so shout out to them shout out to those to the Europeans listening. So in Ireland, it's pretty cool. I'll show you guys one day. One day when you guys are, you know, here for a month straight, be privy to those kind of things. That's but let's go ahead and talk about football since that's what we're here for. That's what the listeners are here for. We'll do a little warm up. I haven't heard a victory lap from Josh in a while. So let's let Josh start with the victory laps. Do you have any victory laps to take, sir? Well, I, as I'm looking over my wide receiver ranks, I see DK Metcalf at number two in PPR points per game. So that feels like a victory lap. And then Keenan Allen is also up pretty high. And I was on Keenan Allen. For, yeah. for all of the horrible, horrible DJ Moore takes I might have had, I was also drafting Keenan Allen. So I'm happy to see him up there. Yeah, the Raiders were letting him catch everything he wanted to last week. Um, you can't so that, stop Keenan Allen. It's definitely, you, can't, definitely, you can only hope to contain him. This is true. Um, so that's all you have for this week, right? That's it? A little light week. That's not enough. A little light week. No, it's all right. We'll take it. We'll take it. It's a little light. It's a little light, but I, I appreciate it. Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, you have been championing those two around. I, I just have I have some light ones too, man. Gabriel Davis, 70 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. It feels like everyone in the Bills can score and get a lot of yards. Every week it happens, it feels like. So, hey, Gabriel Davis, the rookie's in the mix. Antonio Gibson scored another touchdown. McKinnon scored another touchdown. Darren Waller scored another touchdown. All my boys are staying consistent out here, getting you points. So it feels good. I do want to take kind of a weird victory lap, and I know I keep getting a little pushback from Adam and stuff about this, but on Jonathan Taylor, man, not that he's been disgusting or anything like that, but I just would like to get some credit for the fact that it's clear if Mac didn't get hurt that he would be super relevant in this backfield right now. I just I, I feel like I need a, a light jog around the you know the old uh, the old course here for this one. Uh, Adam, are you gonna push back on that? Nah, man, you can take your lap. All right, that's cool. See, someone's I, there's people out here gonna try to trip me on that lap, but yeah, I feel I feel like it's it's worthy. Oh, no, I mean, at this point, it's it's pretty evident that Jonathan Taylor is. Uh, Gonna need another year before he he really shows us anything, which yeah. uh, is far from what a lot of the fantasy industry expected coming into this year. And you were someone who 
whether it was uh, based completely on Marlon Mack or not, uh, was definitely off him coming into the season, and, and it was the right call. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just saying temper expectations, and so far it's held true. So that's good to see. And I, I don't think he'll be fine, but I'm just, you know, it feels good to see that it is it, ringing true right now for me. Um, Adam, what victory laps do you have today, sir? Man, I do want to shout out Garrett Gilbert right off the top. <laughs> 15 fantasy points. He came through. Oh, very, Derek, very Derek Carlyle. Uh, I mean, it was just cool to, you know, talk him up on the pod, what, like three weeks ago, hoping that they would start him and they couldn't and they wouldn't. And then they finally did. And uh, he, he almost beat Pittsburgh for him. But uh, it definitely was not to be. Uh, but that was fun. And then, you know, it, it seems kind of irrelevant at this point to keep shouting out the best quarterback in the game. But uh, Kyler Murray, week after week, has been just outperforming everyone. And uh, I was huge on him last year. I was still on him this year. And it's just, I mean, it's one of those things where I I didn't draft nearly enough of him because of how high he was going in drafts. But uh, the teams that I have him on, it's just, it's just crazy the amount of production that he's had. And then um, outside of that, Wayne Goleman had another big top 12 week. Uh, which has been huge, uh, and then at the wide receiver position, I mean, there, there hasn't, there hadn't been anybody last week that really hit huge for me. But I do want to shout out Juju for you know topping twenty PPR points again, and uh, having having a week that you know gives me the glimmer of hope that he might still be uh, be relevant as a every week starter in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he definitely did his thing out there. He definitely. Uh... You know, he definitely put up some points, man. Just let's see if he can put them together. Let's see if he can string those weeks together, man. Um, anything else, Adam? Oh, uh, what, what, whatever could you be talking about now? I, I thought maybe yeah, uh, you know there was something I mean, you may I, I got a, I got a little, little victory lap that uh, I gotta take while I can. Um, which, <laughs> which is uh, a victory lap that I really, really, really hope stays for the next seven weeks but uh currently in the drafters best ball championship i am somehow in first place of over ten thousand teams and uh it feels pretty surreal uh it'd be pretty epic if that were to hold um but uh at this point it's just it's it's really cool to be there at this spot so uh so yeah um that's that's freaking awesome and uh yeah let's let's hope that that team can hold for seven weeks yeah man Congrats on that. Like you said, hopefully it holds. It's, a, it's asking a lot. Yeah, but, uh... it's a long time. But, I mean, <laughs> to even have a team that's, like, that that steadily in contention is pretty surreal. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be sweet if it hits. I mean, that's why you that's why you play those large tournaments is, you know, to take those opportunities. And uh, I've never I've never had that sort of uh, success before. I've, I've definitely done well in best ball for many years now. But uh, that would that would be awesome so uh yeah let's hope it holds dope 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 all right so that's some good victory laps if you guys want to hear stuff that we did wrong go back and listen to last episode that's all i can tell you because that's where you can find them at um injuries before we get into anything else injuries i just want to hit on some you know some of the bigger players some of the bigger names your boy uh christian mccaffrey found his way back onto the uh, injury list adam man i jinxed him you guys know i did (laughs) because I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm in the group chat talking about how Mike Davis is completely irrelevant again, and CMC is going to be out a week. It's uh, you know, it it's wild, but uh, 
hats off to you guys. I mean, you were both on Mike Davis. It was definitely the right call. I mean, he has been nothing but extremely productive in CMC's absence. So he should be once again this week. I think it's hilarious. I don't know if you guys are paying attention to DFS at all, but uh, on DraftKings, he's the stone minimum at 4,000 this week. So he'll basically be a hundred percent owned. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I haven't really been playing any DraftKings, but I thought that, that was super interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mike Davis must start in all your lineups this week. For sure. Yeah. And Christopher McCaffrey has such a good game, man. Sucks. Sucks. Ah, it is what it is, right? I'll just keep on. Uh, it's just the way this year has gone, man. You just got to kind of roll with these uh, these punches that we can hit with. Uh, Kyle Allen had season ankle injury. And, whoa, whoa. Season end in ankle injury. Season end in ankle surgery. There we go. He had surgery, ended his season. So if you were using him in Superflex or any of those, you know, Scott Fishable, any league like that, that's over. It's done. Uh, David Montgomery, I don't know if you have anything new on this since you're a Bears fan, Adam, but he's going through concussion protocol. I don't think he's been cleared or anything yet. Uh, so it, Yeah, hasn't been cleared as of Wednesday when we're recording this. Um, I mean, even if he is cleared, I, I think at this stage, he's he's definitely at best flex-worthy. I mean, he definitely has uh, not lived up to expectations, let's just say that much. So are you guys all in on Ryan Nall? Dude, I have so much Ryan Nall. Like, <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Before this or on waivers? Uh, he's just, I, I've just always been looking at David Montgomery and expecting him to stall out and fail. So Ryan Nall has, has made his way onto a lot of my rosters. I mean, you bet on the right horse for, 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 uh, for that purpose. Like betting on Montgomery to fail was probably the right move. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Null. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, that is the Andy Reid coaching tree. So I do think that the Bears scheme, you know, good plays in the running game. Um, Null did pretty well last week. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely somebody who's he's going to be flex-worthy in Montgomery's absence. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it's one to pay attention to. Another concussion guy out there is David Johnson. Um I haven't seen that he's been cleared yet either. So uh, your boy Duke, Josh, your boy Duke Johnson. I, I, I gotta tell you, like I the, the the Duke Johnson candle is running out of wax. <laughs> it needs to happen. It, it needs to happen now. <laughs> it has to happen in week ten, man. Uh, it's it's gonna be uh, it's hey this is if he can't do it in week 10 man it's over for him buddy this is it if, if david johnson doesn't play of course uh and one other guy that i want to make sure i mention i don't know if you guys have any other injuries or players that were injured that you want to add on here but preston williams you guys know we're all a big fan of him he was placed on the ir uh because of his foot injury last week so man he had like 16 points in one quarter it was crazy yeah, for him to funny. get injured like that, I mean, it's funny because. It just, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, no, I was no, gonna no. say it seemed like him and Tua were perfect as far as chemistry went, and you know when a quarterback change like that happens, it can often make changes in it, schematically in how the offense operates, and it seemed like it was a great opportunity for Preston to break out, and it yeah. just it sucks. I own him literally everywhere. Yeah, it does suck. Even last week when Jordan was on the show, um, he he talked about Preston Williams. And then he, he he hit me up on Twitter, I think it was, or somewhere he mentioned it. Maybe he just mentioned it on Twitter in general. And then, like, literally 
two minutes later, a tweet goes out. Preston Williams keep carting off the field or whatever. I was like, oh, man. He's like, it's all right. He scored enough points already for the game. We're good. So I was like, man, that's crazy. But, yeah, I don't have any other guys besides those. Those are some of the major injuries, some of the guys to keep your eyes on. Um, those are the big, you know, the newer guys to the injury list this week. So, you know, you got to adjust your lineups for week 10 because I don't think any of those guys are going to play. I doubt the concussion guys will be back. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Did you guys have anybody that I missed on that list that we need to point out? Uh, I think Joe Mixon's set to miss another week. Um, I, th- I mean, I think Miles Sanders and uh, Kenyon Drake are both supposed to be back this week. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of stuff going on at the running back position on basically every team. You're going to be wanting to watch all the way on to Sunday to see those, you know, game time yeah. decisions. For sure. Um, I mean, they've been huge all year. I I know this has happened to Neil, but it happened to me again last week where I go through my lineups, check literally an hour before kickoff, and somehow still leave people in my lineup, just one, <laughs> but left somebody in a lineup that wasn't playing because yeah. it's just there's so many injuries. It's it's like you have to like comb through everything with a fine-tooth comb just to make sure you're getting everybody out who isn't playing. Yeah, there's so many injuries, and then you got the COVID stuff going on. And everything is just crazy. Like, if you have a bunch of leagues and you have a bunch of different players across those teams, like last week, I was it was horrible, man. Like, I had all these guys in, and when I looked at the thing, I'm like, why did I put this guy in over this guy? What, what is going on here? Like, I was so screwed up, man. I definitely got to knock off some leagues next year. Um, it's just, it gets out of hand. And, you know, you always get to that point in the season where you're like, really into like one team or two teams and you're like i don't even care about these other teams at this point you know what i mean like so it gets even worse and you don't want to like stop you know adjusting the lineup so uh yeah definitely um it's definitely been a trying season if you make it through this season and uh you know you, you fare well you, you got you, you did pretty well um let's move on to trust issues trust issues this week is a rest of season edition all right guys i need to make sure you guys are aware of that so you don't think we're talking about just this week when we talk about trust issues. But the first one I have for you guys is Evan Ingram is a top tight top 10 tight end rest of season. And just let me put that out there that he had nine target, nine plus targets the last three weeks, but he's only had one touchdown this season. That was last week. So Evan Ingram, top 10 tight end rest of season. Adam. I'm going to have tr- – uh, no, I'm going to trust it. He's very borderline. I mean, it's hard to trust Daniel Jones at all right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, with with the given situation at the tight end position being what it is, it, it's it's almost impossible not to have him in your top ten. You know, we know he's talented. That's hard to say of fifteen or more tight ends right now. So I think for me, weekly, he's somebody who you're probably rolling out there every week, regardless of matchup. You agree, uh, Josh? I, th- I think he might he might make it top ten, but I think to matter at tight end, you have to be top four. You know, I mean, it's it's Kels, Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson is at number four right now in points per game, and then it's just this huge slew of guys who score between eight and eleven fantasy points per game. Yeah, and that goes all the way down to tight end twenty six. It's a good point. I mean, as far as like with, with this, I feel like for me, like I have to trust it just because of those targets, because they have stayed pretty consistent and you would assume they do. You just want to see him get more done with it. And 
if he's not scoring touchdowns, if you're, if your tight end's not scoring touchdowns on a, on a halfway decent basis, it makes it hard. Cause like you said, there's 20 tight ends, you know, who can score a touchdown one week and, and pass any other tight end up almost. It feels like sometimes. So yeah, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a weird position, but that's why I was curious what you guys would say about this. Um, you know, it sounds like we all pretty cut, pretty, we all trust it, but you know, we're also well aware that this position is, you know, weird one and anybody could just fly up it or fly down it with just an extra catch or a touchdown in a week. Right. I mean, it's just a, it's just a fragile position, I guess, but it's nice to see that consistency in targets. I know that matters a lot. Josh matters a lot, man. It does. It does matter. It matters. I just, I think it, for me, like in, in dynasty, I'm not going to pay very much for, for an Evan Ingram because like reality is Jimmy Graham exists and he gives you most of the production and he costs a lot less. Mm-hmm. Man, there was such high hopes. There was such high hopes for Evan Ingram at one point, man. There really were. He came out of the gates. His first year was just outstanding and he looked like he was going to be the next member of that, you know, top three, top four tight end club. But it's, it doesn't really look that way to me anymore. Yeah, that whole team's a mess too, though. So yeah, Barkley, it's hard yeah. to know if uh, if they were to, you know, have a coaching change, a quarterback change, those sort of changes, like how much his career can turn around still. I mean, he's shown a lot of talent. He, you know, like you said, is getting a ton of targets right now. So I think it's just a, a matter of, you know, this is not going to be his year. Yeah. Hey, if he can get through it healthy, that's that's a positive because he's had some injury issues a lot in the last couple of years. So that'll be a positive in itself. Um, the next guy I have here on the on the, uh, on the list, I've actually seen Josh talking about him a lot this week in chats and on Twitter. DJ Chark is a must start on a weekly basis, rest of season. And just to preface it, we, he's had two weeks that you would consider, you know, bust worthy three average weeks, not that great. And two weeks that he just, you know, boomed. So Josh rest of season must start trust or trust issues. I mean, the thing, the thing about DJ Chark is that in the last three weeks, his air yards have been 193, 118 and 172. And, and those are big boy air yards. Like I, you know, they've had the quarterback change. He's had some some injury issues that he started the season with. I just I don't think that you go over a hundred air yards three weeks in a row without being a quality player. And I think that maybe finally we're just at a place where things are not holding him back. Interesting. So do you trust him then? Rest of you? Yeah, I, try, I I have traded for him in a league, maybe a couple of leagues, and I think that if buying DJ Chark right now is the, he, I think he's the kind of player that can actually shift an outcome for you. Hmm. I'm not I'm not mad at that. I I, I trust him. You know, I, I like him a lot. I've I've liked him for a long time since he's been, you know, balling out. Last year he popped out on the scene and. We've all been fans of him, and we know this team has also had a lot of, you know, crazy situations where we have, you know, Keelan Cole, and then we have DJ Chark, and then we have Chenault, and then it's, you know, it's just there's a lot going on there. And then these quarterbacks have been, you know, 
switching left and right here. Injuries. He's hot one week. He's hurt the next week. He's bad the next week. It's crazy. So it's like it hasn't – I would say consistency hasn't necessarily been a, a running theme for, you know, DJ Chark to get, you know, to really lock something down. But I know me and you both want to trust him, Josh. Adam, how do you feel about DJ Chark rest of the season? I mean, I just I, – I cannot – not have trust issues because I don't know what the Jaguars are doing. I mean, they rolled out Jake Lutton last week. Is that going to be the quarterback moving forward? If it is, I mean, obviously, you know, we saw a pretty huge week from Chark. Mm -hmm. But in that, we saw, I mean, ultimately from Lutton, that was that was like the only guy he could target. So I'm just I'm overall concerned with that offense and I just don't know how many weeks that works where everything is running through one offensive wide receiver. I don't think that's something that's going to work week in, week out. James Robinson has been a rock for them, so maybe that creates enough, you know, differentiation on that offense. But personally right now, I just I don't want to bank on players that are on these, you know, bottom five offenses. And I just, I can't see the Jags as anything but that, even though they had a big week last week. All right, that's fine. So trust issues for you on DJ Chark as a starter on a weekly basis going forward rest of the season. That's fine. Um, that's good. That's good. A little differentiate, you know, a little differential from us there, man. I like it. Um, the next one is another player that's been, you know, highly talked about, highly debated. A lot of big fans of his, J.K. Dobbins is a flex-worthy rest-of-season player. He's had two weeks out of eight with double-digit scoring in PPR. But people are seeing it still not be swayed from the excitement for him. So J.K. Dobbins is a flex-worthy rest-of-season player. Josh, trust or trust issues? I, I trust it. I trust it. I think that the... The Ravens have made a shift here, and we saw Marquise Brown's air yards really dropped off because they were just pummeling him and pummeling him with with volume, and unfortunately, it wasn't getting anywhere. And if you just if you just look at what's happened in the last few weeks since Week Seven, J.K. Dobbins has been scoring eighteen point six PPR per game. Like, I mean, I that's that's more than a flex option. Yeah. That's yeah. Are you worried that, about Mark Ingram returning or Gus Edwards stealing touchdowns or anything at all that, you know, you're concerned with, or you think that really regardless of what happens, he's pretty safe to you. I think that what we are seeing fingers crossed is that Baltimore has figured out that they that they don't want to dump all of their offensive resources into into a wide receiver that wasn't producing and they've, they've finally started to go a different way and it's, it's a lot more efficient. So I'm just hoping that even if Mark Ingram comes back, if, if they remain committed to the approach they are seeing now that Mark Ingram can maybe take his slice of the pie away from Gus Edwards instead of Dobbins and Dobbins can still be relevant. Yeah, and you mentioned his points. Am I am I looking at something wrong here? I have five points last week. No, that would be uh, 
Like 5.5, 5. 5. yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be right. Josh is in the, like, 18 points, and I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, that was two weeks ago. That was <laughs> them against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't even know if it was still that many then, though, either, PPR. But I mean, it could be whatever scoring you're in depends, but obviously. But I don't think in straight-up PPR he had that many points. I think it was, like, 30. No, I made a mistake. Like, I, I pulled it back up just to check it, and from starting at week seven per game, he's at 9.3. Okay. Behind Gus Edwards at thirteen point one. Yeah. So, so that is that is more more flex. I don't know what I did there, but um. <laughs> it's all good, man. I just want to make sure we got it right there. So yeah. So I, see, for me, I have like some trust issues just because I, I actually like Gus Edwards a lot, and I feel like the Ravens do too. And then when Mark Ingram comes back, it just kind of muddies things up for me. And so I'm like, this team as a whole, I feel like it's kind of like concerning, right? And so I don't know where the points are going to come from on a week to week basis. I don't know if it's J.K. Dobbins or not. Obviously, he's getting a little more work right now because Mark Ingram's not there, but I feel like he hasn't done nothing amazing to say, like, hey, you know, like, we're going to move, you know, less work for Gus Edwards or when Mark Ingram comes back, we're not going to give him any work. Like, I'm not confident in it. So I have trust issues there, and I know he's really exciting. I know people love him. I know his talent is, you know, crazy high. Um, Adam, do you have trust issues with him, or do you trust him? Super trust issues. Yeah, okay. Let's make sure I'm not This crazy. is a guy who's splitting carries right now and not really seeing any receiving work. I mean, they're targeting him, but he doesn't do anything with it. Um, so right now it's just going to be a matter of if the game script favors them, and Lamar is running well, and that offense is just rushing the ball a ton, he'll be a recipient of some of that production. And because of that, I mean, he can have 100-yard weeks. He can have 100-yard touchdown weeks. I just think it's going to be very tough to predict, and you're going to have a lot of these five-point and sub-five-point weeks in there when he doesn't hit in those big, you know, weeks where where the running game is just plowing over the defense yeah no i, I agree with you i agree with you I, I i like this man so far trust issues i've we've all agreed on the first one pretty much the second one me and josh agreed adam disagreed with us on this one i agree with adam and we disagree with josh like this is good let's see how the last one shakes out here the last one we have on the table for trust issues is that justin herbert will finish this season as a top 10 fancy quarterback. He's currently, uh, when I did my math, number nine of all quarterbacks after seven games that he's played. So top 10, rest of season, Justin Herbert. Is it possible? Do you have trust or trust issues, Josh? Justin Herbert. Flip the papers around. I, I like it. I like it because... He's really slinging the ball as far as uh, total air yards go. He's over 300 air yards per game, and he's doing a decent job of completing them. He's not throwing a lot of interceptions. You know, it, it's I, I I don't see why not. It, it's been it's been fascinating. I, I I've said before I wasn't on the Justin Herbert you know bandwagon coming into the season. I wasn't somebody who was like you know jacked about you know, how, how this was going to play out. A lot of us didn't even believe he was going to play this year. If, you know, Tyrod Taylor stayed healthy and everything went as people expected, but here he is, you know, he came in way earlier than people thought he would because of the freak incident with Tyrod Taylor. And man, they have not looked back at first. They were like, he's not, we're going to put him back on the bench. Remember, remember when the coach was saying that we're going to put him back on the bench. He was a backup for a reason. And here we are, here we are today. He's in the top 10 right now, overall scoring so far, Adam, do you trust or have trust issues? I know it's hard. He's a rookie. You're asking a lot to say, you know, that you trust any guy to end up in the top 10 of some position. But 
What are your feelings? Trust or trust issues on this man? I think it's hard not to trust him at this point. I mean, in seven games, which is a pretty damn good sample size. I mean, at this point, he's only played like one or two less games. The only quarterbacks that have a higher point per game average than him are Mahomes, Dak, who's not even playing anymore, Russ, and and Kyler. So, like, he's an elite company. I mean, when you compare him to Joe Burrow, who looked like, for all intents and purposes, was having one of the best rookie seasons ever by a quarterback, I mean, he's slaughtering him in fantasy points. Yeah. So if you give him any credit for being a rookie – Herbert is just a star. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to call him anything less at this point. And the crazy thing is, you know, it's not like he's just getting a ton of production with his legs either. It's mostly through passing. And, you know, he definitely has that hybrid ability. But I think from what we're seeing from him, you, you really have to be starting him every week moving forward unless we see some – just disastrous play from him for multiple weeks in a row. I mean, you just, you have to be confident at this point. And he seems, you know, at, at this point in the year, he's by far the waiver wire darling. He's by far the late round pick darling of, of the league because it's, it's been a year where most of the top drafted quarterbacks are performing like the top drafted quarterbacks. I mean, if you look just on a points per game basis, the top eight quarterbacks seven of those were probably being drafted in the top 10 because i already named most of them but the ones that round out the top eight would be josh allen aaron Rodgers, and deshaun watson so these are all guys who were essentially being drafted you know as qb ones top 10 qbs relatively early in fantasy drafts and herbert's a guy that could have been picked up on waivers in almost every single league yeah, it, it's it's been impressive, and you guys know I was paying extra close attention last week because he was playing the Raiders, and you know I always put my extra focus there. It is what it is, and I'm just like, man, this dude's this dude's fucking good, man. Like, he is good, and you know Austin Eckler's not even there right now, so he's got you know a, a bunch of guys who are just you know making it work in the backfield, and I don't know, man. Like, he looks really good. He makes really impressive plays, and he puts it all together. So he he's exciting, and like you said, at this point, it's hard. You, you'd be hard pressed and not put him in your lineup at all at, at this point. Just imagine if you're someone who drafted him in, you know, dynasty super flex leagues or just dynasty in general. It's a great, you know, great situation. But super flex leagues right now, man, if you drafted Justin Herbert late, you're loving it right now. You're loving it. So Justin Herbert, I wanted to make sure we got him in the episode because I love the guy, man. He's doing great. And it's hard for me to say that, being that he's the fact that he's a charger. I just have my biases. You guys understand. Um, Shout out to Justin Herbert. All right. Let's move over to can he do that again? Can he do that again? I'm giving this first one to Josh to start out. I'm going to let Josh answer this one first. DJ Moore has had two consecutive weeks with only two receptions. Josh, can he do that again? <laughs> Dude, it, I don't I don't understand what is happening, but it it's it stinks. Yeah, he can do it again. <laughs> Man, where if you listen to the the episodes where we started the year and the drooling that <laughs> was occurring, like his Josh's mic was for sure wet after every episode. I'm now, pretty sure Josh had him as his like wide receiver two, yeah, or at least top five for it was, sure. It's like Devonta Adams, I think, was down around like wide receiver thirty or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was like wide receiver seven. 
Yeah. And DJ Moore was ahead of him. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand any of it. <laughs> I mean, what's crazy is Robbie Anderson outproducing him. Fine. Yeah. You know, he played with Adam Gase for years. We didn't know what he was going to be. He comes over to Carolina and he just steals the target share and just keeps putting on a show. But now Curtis Samuel, too, who is like another one of your loves. It's just, it's got to be so bittersweet. It's terrible. DJ I think Moore. that Curtis Samuel will be more flash in the pan. And, and Robbie Anderson, I, I don't know. I, I am I'm still hoping that we get like a late season hot streak out of DJ Moore, but this makes no sense to me. If if Curtis Samuel is a flash in the pan, we just want DJ Moore in the pan. Like just get in there and do something. Be the salt on the food. Do, he do, has had some good weeks. Oh, okay. Man. Oh, man. All right. Well, he can't do it again, Josh. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed. You should be. I, I just I don't understand how a player who checks so many boxes, all of them, coming in, comes in and just totally flops like this. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't really see any uh, like warning signs that I overlooked. I guess it's just quarterback change. Yeah, anyone who's hearing this right now, go back speaking to speaking of one. quarterback change. Sorry to interrupt, Neil, but speaking of quarterback change, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I, I was not high on him coming into this year. You guys know I was not high on this offense basically as a whole. He, he is just. He's putting everything on the line each week, and like he, he's really showing me more than I ever expected. So I, I've been really impressed with what Bridgewater and what that entire offense has been able to do. Yeah, he's been consistent. You know, he's had some you know much better weeks than others, but still, man, he's been he's been he's been doing pretty well, man. He's been making he's been making plays out there, which, like you said, you were concerned at first that this was all gonna gel and come together and. It's not perfect yet, but you definitely, you know, like you said, we're seeing little, uh, we're seeing signs that it can work. Um, the next one's someone that, you know, DJ Moore, high expectations, flopping. This gentleman, no expectations, doing doing pretty good. James Robinson has eight straight games scoring double digits in PPR. He has not had one game this year that he's played that he went below double digits in PPR. Can he do it again, Adam? A hundred percent. I mean, you want volume at the running back position and you want health. And James Robinson has been healthy all year and he's been getting all the volume. It's crazy that on offense that, you know, I mean, they're not bad. They've been putting up points. They've been competitive all year, but definitely is not like a premier offense by any stretch of the imagination. It's just had, you know, a running back who, Another guy like Justin Herbert probably was drafted in no leagues on waiver wires everywhere and is out there winning people their fantasy championships or will be almost undoubtedly. Right. I mean, through the year so far, he's running back four on the season. I mean, that's phenomenal. So I think, yeah, I think one of the best things about him is his high floor. And I think that you can kind of expect that week in, week out. He's the Justin Herbert of running backs this year, man. It just is what it is. Just the rookie, just just putting up numbers. Um, Josh, any reason why this is going to stop, man? No, he he has he has been 
getting decent volume and outperforming it all season long. Yep. I, I, the only thing that I can think of that might be a reason to be concerned about James, James Robinson is it's, it's kind of like the Jags pulled this guy out of a hat and he worked fine. And so maybe, maybe I can tell myself a story where next year they just decided to pull another random name out of a hat and he works equally fine. But I, I just feel like if there's anything a running back can do to legitimize himself, James Robinson has done it. Yeah. There's no reason to, there's, there's no reason to not like this guy. He's getting 4.2 targets a game. Like he's involved in the passing game and he's in the top 10 in yards per reception. Yeah. And if there's anything that is a signal of skill, I would go to that and he's got it. Yeah. And I mean, that's a legit concern too in dynasty leagues, you know, more importantly, as far as I don't think he'll be replaced next season, but there's definitely could be competition coming, you know, to, to share that backfield with. Um, and that, so that's definitely, and there's team, there's players on the team even who could be a threat to that, you know, regardless yeah. there's, there's young guys there too. So, um, you know, I feel like I made a mistake with looking at Chris Carson and saying, Oh, he's undrafted, whatever. He'll be replaced. And Chris Carson just kept on saying, no, actually I'm just the best running back <laughs> on this team. And, and I feel like James Robinson is just going to do the same thing. Yeah, definitely could. Definitely could. And, and it's kind of funny because, Following this, the, the next guy on my list here is a, another rookie running back who's having the exact opposite issue uh, as far as getting work and carries and consistency. And that's DeAndre Swift. He led the Lions backfield in carries in week nine. Adam, can he do that again? No, and uh, it's not because Devonta Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, always gonna, I'm always going to throw uh, DeAndre Swift questions at you first, man. Yeah, I know, right? Um <laughs> No, I mean, I just don't think he's going to get consistent usage there. I'm, Detroit has kind of been just a roulette wheel at running back for quite some time now. I don't have confidence in Matt Patricia sticking with one running back, so I don't have confidence in DeAndre Swift on a weekly basis. Yeah, it, it was what's crazy is when you look at like his results so far, I mean, when he gets work, he produces. Like he's not like he's, you know, getting some work, getting some carries, and you know, we're getting targets, and he's not doing anything with it. Like he he has done well when he gets the work, and of course, when he doesn't, it just you know, or doesn't get enough of it, or doesn't stay consistent with it, it doesn't work out well. But I mean, for the most part, every week that he's played, the more work he's got, the higher the results were as far as fantasy points go. And when he's gotten, you know, average, you know, attempts or he's getting pretty good, he's even gets pretty good targets actually every game too. Um, when he gets that, I mean, he makes something happen with it. So it's kind of, you know, it's still weird to watch this team continue to trot out, you know, all these other running backs when you have this guy that you, you know, you know, is, is talented, can do it. He's not really struggling in any capacity. Um, but Josh, do you think he can he can lead this backfield again? I mean, he only had 13 attempts. Can he do that again and lead this backfield? Yeah, I think at this point, I think I'm ready to say that DeAndre Swift is the best rookie running back, not named James Robinson. Like uh, of the guys who were drafted in the first round, give me DeAndre Swift, right? Yeah, because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire died last week. I'm sorry, guys. I, we should have covered that at the top. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hit by a car, never going to play again, according to Josh. 
Ah, man. Look, he, they, they brought in Le'Veon Bell. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire played inefficiently. He played inefficiently through several weeks, and then they brought in a veteran who is now taking half of the workload. You got Jonathan Taylor. You got J.K. Dobbins. You got Cam Akers. I mean, these guys. I mean, what about Antonio Gibson, though? Let's, let's, let's do this right now. If you guys were drafting right now, we're setting your lineup right now, not thinking about opponent or anything else. Antonio Gibson or DeAndre Swift in your lineup, more likely. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. I mean, I'm gonna lean Antonio Gibson, but Gibson worries me too because they're using JD McKissick like a crazy amount there, and it makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, he's doing, he doing all right with it. <laughs> it just. It, Antonio Gibson was a receiver. Like it makes sense for him to catch the ball, and they're using him more in the running game and using someone else in the passing game. It just makes no sense. <laughs> it is funny. Everyone's like, "Are we sure this guy can carry the ball?" I hear the Washington's like, "Oh, we'll show you. That's what all we'll do with him. <laughs> well, that's all we'll do is let him run the ball." Uh, yeah, it is. A, it's another one of those weird running back rookie situations. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's good to see guys like Swift and Gibson, you know, having these moments. It sucks to see other guys that we thought, you know, would do better struggling a little bit. Um, but it just again, it goes to show you, man, when you're playing Dynasty <clears throat> or you're drafted really late in even redraft, whatever, you know, these guys, James Robinson, Zach Moss is starting to come on like we can't we don't even talk about him that much, uh, but he's starting to come on. You know, Joshua Kelly doing decent in, in San Diego with the opportunity. So, you know, these guys were the ones that were, you know, later drafted and they're outperforming some of the guys who were drafted much, much, much earlier. So, uh, again, it's not a perfect science. We can't predict how these teams are going to, you know, use guys and the success they're going to come out, you know, at the gate with. But um, I just wish the Lions would stay consistent and just like at least make DeAndre Swift the guy. And you can, you know, give other guys some runs, but like, let him be the man there, man. Let him take over. But it is what it is. So, yeah, we we all think he can do it again. It's whether the Lions will allow it. The last one here is another rookie. Man, a lot of rookies jumped onto my list this week. Uh, Tua put up 20 plus points last week. Adam, can you do it again? Yeah, I I mean, it was really very Jekyll and Hyde-like. It's it's almost like they had training wheels on him the first week, but this week, I mean, the, this past week, he he came out and he looked fantastic, and that offense was running just as well as it did under Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you guys, I mean, it's obvious they have weapons there. They lost Preston Williams, so I can understand a little bit of concern. But going up against the Cardinals, I mean, they're gonna need to score points. I think the game projects to be a shootout, so. Oh, wait, never mind. That, that was <laughs> – I'm dumb. That was last week. I met the Chargers. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, same thing with the Chargers, though. It still projects to be a shootout. And I think because of that, Tua is in a good position to be, you know, a, a good spot spark for anybody who's on by. And then also just, you know, somebody who, if you've been streaming, is, is definitely a good option. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was um, – it was, it was good to see – Josh, are you excited about this, man? Do you think we can get a, a pretty strong performance, like rest of season from Tua, or do you think we're going to get like dips, you know, up and down? I I want to see Tua succeed just because in the future, I want college quarterback prospecting to make sense. And if we are, if we're chasing the next Justin Herbert, like that just sounds very boring to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want I want Tua to work in the NFL because the next time a Tua comes along in college, I want permission to be excited about it. That's fair. That's fair, man. That's fine. Yeah. So I mean, I think we're all excited about it, man. We're all excited. It looked good. It does suck that Preston Williams went down, you know. But we we are excited about it, and I'm happy to see because I know the, the first week was you know it was a little rough. It wasn't what people wanted to see or what he wanted, you know, how 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 for it to play out, but. Uh, it was good to see, you know, more of an uptick of a week for him. And hopefully he can, you know, like I said, get, get some consistency with that and make it happen. But uh, he was definitely – it was definitely exciting, you know, to watch. It was definitely a lot you – know, it made it made watching the Dolphins game a lot of fun, um, just kind of rooting for the guy and stuff. So uh, that was – it was good to see, man. It was good to see. We did get some listener questions that I want to make sure we get to um, before we start to go down to not-so-obvious locks of the week and stuff like that. The first one we got is from at – you know, it's from Austin, man. Shout out to Austin, one of the, one of the best listeners in this podcast. Um, Austin underscore G underscore H. If you're looking to follow him or interact with him or respond to his question, even you guys can feel free to be, as listeners of the show to reach out to these people and answer the question too. It's not just us. You know, we share this love here. So Austin asks, could Travis Fulham, 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 however you want to say it, be the next Terrell Owens that the Eagles have been looking for? Or is he a one-season wonder? Adam? I'm going to say he's probably more of a one-season wonder. And I don't mean this in, like, a dramatic sense. I think he's still going to be fantasy-relevant for years to come. But I think what we've seen from him in, you know, the three weeks that he's had huge production is essentially... It's a situation that just has them funneling targets to him. And we already saw it last week with Jalen Rager coming back that his targets dropped from double digits down to seven last week, and Rager got six targets. So I think as other options in that offense get healthy, they're just going to look to spread the ball around more, and he's just not going to be as viable. So I don't see him being like a T.O.-type player. But as far as somebody who's going to be worthy of a fantasy start, I mean – Moving forward, he basically is flex-worthy or wide receiver 2-3 worthy from here on out. I mean, he he definitely seems like he should be getting enough targets. I just don't know if he's going to have that huge upside of, you know, those 13 target games that allow him to have just these highlight reel, you know, performances. Yeah, and it's super important to mention also that Alshon Jeffrey is back at practice too. Um, so that, that, that matters a lot in this case. So... You know, the rookie's back, Rager's back, Jeffrey's going to be back. Like, this this is clearly going to affect this man. Um, and, and again, like you said, it sucks because it's not a knock on him. You know, it's nothing that he can, you know, do anything about. It just is what it is. Now, moving forward, you know, I'm not going to knock him for that, and I'm not going to say that, you know, he's not relevant. Like you said, he, he definitely has um, still fantasy, you know, value. So he's he's a fun guy to actually, like, kind of target in trades if you're in Dynasty. Um and to kind of watch how this plays out, you know, like, but wait, wait, wait to see the targets reduced and reduce and reduce and then go trade for him. Um, it, hoping that the person thinks it's over, it's done. And just like, see how this plays out, you know, like, is all going to be there after this year? Like what's going to happen? You know, he could be, he could be a, a good player next year and maybe have more of a clear role. So um, I think he's a fun guy to like target at this point. Um, but Josh, do you feel one season wonder here or Terrell Owens, or it doesn't have to be Terrell Owens. It's just a consistent force in the Eagles' offense. 
I feel like he's probably the a number two wide receiver who is capable of carrying more weight when he has to carry more weight, but he's always going to have that susceptibility to target competition. Is it like Marvin Jones like? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Muhammad Sanu, but Marvin Jones is is another good name to pull out there. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. guys. And we're just crossing our fingers and hoping to God that he's not Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, there's no Nelson Aguilar shade on this podcast, sir. I understand that Nelson Aguilar has come up big for the Raiders, but he is the poster boy for I get targets when people are hurt. Unbelievable. <laughs> Josh will not be on next week's episode. Let me go ahead and tell you there will be no ice storm. But... uh <laughs> No, no Nelson Aguilar slander, sir. Um, all right, Austin. I hope we I hope we answered it there. I think I think we I think we covered that one. Um, the next one, Beryl, another amazing listener of the show, Beryl Joffrey at Beryl Joffrey. You guys can message him or follow. He's asking: Are DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel basically just the new Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks situation, where all pretty damn good, but never on the same week? and will kill you basically trying to predict it. So, Adam, I want you to go on this one first because I know you have a lot of love for these Rams wide receivers. So I'm curious your thoughts on what Beryl's asking here. I get where Beryl's coming from in this regard. Um, Just that last year it seemed like the Rams had the best wide receiver core, but as the year wore on, it was extremely difficult to – predict which of these wide receivers is going to go off. And then if you guys remember, it was Tyler Higby through the end of the season. So in that regard, I don't see that happening in Carolina because I don't really think that they have any other options outside of these three guys to be fantasy relevant. I also don't think it's the same just in regards of Robert Woods and Cooper cup have both kind of been top 24 wide receivers in that offense. Um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, maybe, could do that but i i really see carolina more as like a robbie anderson is going to get the bulk of the targets there curtis samuel is going to be used the most uniquely and dj moore is going to be more like a move your move the chains kind of receiver in that offense so for me just the style in which they play and and kind of how they're going to be utilized they don't be similar but i think similar in the sense that it'll be tough to predict Maybe. I, I think Robbie Anderson's going to be pretty damn consistent, though. So I, I don't know if I would agree. But in that same right, I think Cooper Cup was pretty damn consistent last year, too. So I don't know. I see the similarities, but not necessarily in the uh, it's super difficult and will kill you trying to predict it. Yeah, it, it's a little less difficult because Robbie Anderson's good and DJ Moore isn't. Right, Josh? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that that's great. That's a great question. Throw to me. I'm so glad that you asked that. Yeah, so like the Rams offense is super starved for air yards. Like Cooper Cooper Cup, 64 air yards per game. Robert Woods, 55. And if you go over to Carolina, it Anderson and Moore are at least getting 80 air yards per game. So I I think this is an opportunity for me to kick Jared Goff and say that he's trash. And, and I just am really, really hoping 
that we see a late season flip to DJ Moore getting the targets. Adam, this guy has dissed Jared Goff and Nelson Aguilar in the last three minutes. Are we sure we missed him? Man, all I got to say is this. When Jared Goff has a top five week this week, you guys just just remember how good he is. And and also, while we're on the topic, uh, hey, guys, how bad is Brandon Cooks? Is, is he bad? Because uh, to me, he, he looks like he's really good, like week after week. It's super interesting how that works, you know, when uh, you get rid of a terrible coach, how it can change an offense and how no matter what team Brandon Cooks goes to, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, just he, wanted to get that in there. He's a pretty good backup to Will Fuller. Yeah. I mean, that that's totally fair. But uh, <laughs> as such, he, he's still like a top 24, you know, top 30 wide receiver, which most people were thinking he wouldn't come close to this year. Yeah. Yeah, there was some definitely some people who were concerned. Um, I'll give you, give you credit there. I'll give you credit there. Um, the last question we have, because we pushed this episode back a day, <clears throat> we not we, um, somebody pushed this episode back a day uh, with no ice in the forecast. That's uh, me? <laughs> yes. We had a question which is about waivers, which for most are done and passed, but do you guys want to answer it? As a waiver wire question this week, it was, it's from Brad Duff uh, at Brad Duff Nine on Twitter. If you're going to follow, he's asking what was our three top waiver additions for Week Ten. Um, do you guys want to approach this as just players that you actually did add this week that you feel really strong about? Obviously, at this point, it's like I said, it's past for some people in waivers. So, by the time they hear this episode, or do you? I mean, do you want to look towards the future for next week? How, how do you, you guys want to answer Brad's question here? I mean, as far as looking forward towards next week, um, preemptive pickups. If you play in leagues that do play defenses, I do like preemptive pickups, especially when you have a team that is performing so poorly in the NFL right now. So I think if you can pick up the Chargers who are going to play the Jets next week or even the Vikings who are going to play the Cowboys, those are fine, like reach-ahead pickups, especially coming down the stretch. You need to win games. Those are the type of things that can swing games in your favor. Uh, as far as like particular players, I don't. I, I don't have anything that's jumping off. You know. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little too soon. Um, Josh, do you have any players that you did pick up on waivers this week that you really were excited about? That it's potentially maybe they ha- they haven't been picked up in a league or they're kind of a sleeper waiver pick more than the obvious that would have been snatched up instantly. Okay, so players I'm picking up on waivers this week. Um, Tyler Irvin, wherever I could get him, Kalen Balage, uh, Richie James had a big week. I feel like that one, that one is probably point chasing a little more than the rest, but I'll, I'll go ahead and point chase with the end of my bench in, in dynasty and going a little bit deeper, uh, Salvin, Salvin Ahmed, mm-hmm. him wherever I could also, I, you so know, I don't know. backs. Well, yeah, besides Richie James, that's what I like, though. I like my bench to be full of backup <laughs> running backs. That's fair. That's fine. I, I do kind of, since you brought him up, Kalen Balaj, Um, first of all, can we just, again, give credit to guys who get away from Adam Gase? I mean, it's, it's getting a little obvious, right? I mean, for anyone, I've had people, you know, debate with me on Twitter about this, that there's no magic, you know, hocus pocus going on here. But I mean, it's just kind of a fact at this point. But do you guys think that 
I mean, if you're picking up Kalen Balaj, like, are you really thinking that he's going to be, you know, anything in this offense? Or is it just because, you know, guys are beat up, Eckler's out, all this kind of stuff? Or do you really think that he could, you know, kind of find a home here? He has – Kalen Balaj has been on so many teams this year that I I quit picking him up <laughs> until this week. <laughs> so he did something – like, he, he burned me. He burned me. But – I, I honestly, I don't think that Kalen Balaj is very good. Yeah. I, I think that he might fill a hole for a week or two or three if we're like super lucky. But I, I think that Kalen Balaj is destined for the CFL. Yeah. It's important to notice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much they'll use him, but also Justin Jackson last week got hurt, like the first play of the game against the Raiders. So that's why he got his chance. So um, that they, they have a lot of players there, man. Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Austin Eckler, when he comes back, they got Pope. So, I mean, they have a lot of people, and they don't have any issue just constantly rotating them. So I wouldn't get too caught up in, in him for anyone who's thinking about it because I know people get excited when they see these guys, you know, pop off the, you know, off one week and they're like, oh, it's my chance to get a guy that's, you know, on waivers and kill it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were a little late to this, Brad. What we'll do is we'll get a question in for Brad next week for waivers again. Um, so we'll have a – you know. You know who I'm like kind of stupid excited about is I, I really feel like Deontay Foreman has overtaken Jeremy McNichols as the backup to Derrick Henry and Deontay Foreman, it, it, you know, back in, back in his uh, Houston Texans days was like a downhill runner, kind of like miniature Derrick Henry. So I feel like, I feel like God forbid if something bad happens to Derrick Henry that Deontay Foreman could be a real sensation. Yeah, I was excited yeah, for him. That's he, a neat call. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind that as a deep stash. Yeah, he is. I was excited for him when he got drafted back in the Houston days and then just everything went to shit. But, yeah, it'd be cool to see him get a, you know, I, I, well, I mean, obviously that's, you know, you're saying if Henry gets hurt, which would suck. But it's just, you know, it's a, it's a good move. It's a good stash and, and, and see how it plays out. Um, so, Brad, again, we'll have this question next week's episode as well to get you these a little earlier. But it was fun to talk about some waivers there, man. Um, all right. Let's jump over to not so obvious locks of the week. Last week, both of you gentlemen weren't here. I had Jordan on. Uh, Jordan had the better call of the week uh, for between me and him. But in reality, when you guys I hit you guys up after the episode, we threw it up on Twitter. Uh, Josh gave us DJ Dallas. I forget. Yeah, oh, you had Cole Beasley, right, Adam? Um, I did indeed. Yeah, so I think Dallas had the most points. It was like 11 points in PBR, I believe, if I looked at this correctly. Um, I don't know if we want to give Josh a win here, Adam, or do we want to, you know, penalize him? Uh, you know, seeing as there was an extra person this week and we all did worse, I think we got to give it to him. Okay, okay. So Josh is up now. He has three wins. Ah, pains me to say this. Um Man, if, if Damian Harris didn't get hurt, you know, maybe he could have stole Josh's glory here for Jordan. Um, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is, fellas. Josh, because you won, you get to go first. So, so I feel like I feel like I have established a brand and obvious picks here, <laughs> and, and I really, I really want to be loyal to it. So, if I told you that a, a certain player was the wide receiver 30 on the season. Would you tell me that that was too too obvious of a player to pick? 
No, I mean, it's fine. It is not the obvious pick that I definitely thought you were going to take, so I'll probably <laughs> take now. But, yeah, all right, cool. What are you doing? DJ Shark. Give me, give me DJ Shark. I, I believe in what is happening there. I think that this is really DJ Shark taking off. All right, that's fine. I mean, it's fair because for me, it's like we just talked about it the inconsistencies that we've had in this offense with, with them and, and Chark himself. So I'm fine with you putting DJ Chark on this list. Um, I have no problem with it. Do you guys want to make it going forward so that it's a little harder on us that the player to win has to hit a certain amount of points? No, I think I think we do a good job okay. of making it yeah. objective enough. You got to just realize that when you pick somebody like DJ Chark coming off of a fantasy week where he scored like 30 fantasy points – that expectations are going to be a little different than they were when he picked DJ Dallas a week ago. <laughs> if you get 11 points this week, we're going to laugh at you. But if you, you know get 20 points or 18 points or something, you know it's fine. I mean that that's that's just the difference, and and we all kind of can subjectively impose that because it's pretty evident when you know you pick somebody like DJ Chark. There's still somebody who you know is trying to make a decision with him, and and Josh is saying get him in your lineup and yeah. I don't think that's that's bad and unhelpful I think that that's definitely helpful because I know that there's leagues that I have him in and it's not like he's a locked in starter every week right no it's definitely fair and I appreciate that I yeah. appreciate that very much yeah we'll continue to move the bar you see we don't we don't create written rules in stone here you know on the cloud Edge podcast we just say we'll move the bar constantly on guys so that they can't get comfortable um and I like that I like that I like that Adam I like that idea Adam since you did say, Adam, that Josh didn't take the player you thought he was going to take, I want you, you to go take No, no, I'm going to let you go because I want to see who it was that you thought. And I'm curious because I think I know who you're going to Oh, gonna I say. thought you'd take him because no, no. if we're staying on brand, one of you guys has to take him. I'm going to let you go first. I mean, I can't have no one take him. Fine. I, I, I'm i going to take Duke Johnson this week. <laughs> I, I mean, it. with David, yeah, with David Johnson expected to be out there, I mean, Duke looked great last week. That offense has just been clicking, just in on all, moving on all cylinders, essentially, um, over the last few weeks. I, I think it's a great situation for him. And, and ultimately, in a game against the Browns that I expect to be potentially a shootout, I, I think it's a great situation for him. And Really, I don't really know who else is there. It's probably the only shot that we're ever going to get of Duke ever having a big game. And uh, it's just crazy to me that neither one of you guys said it. Okay. No, no, I love that pick. I actually had him on my on my thing here, on my sheet. So um, I, want should... lose now. I, want, I want Duke Johnson to be a thing so badly that I would like to lose lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I can't believe that I had to say that. I... He was on my list. I wanted to see if you were going to take him first. I mean, of course, it just seems so obvious, but okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if David Johnson's out, yeah, two Johnson definitely was a, a great pick here. I'm going to go with the guy definitely uh, that I've never picked before. He's actually going against my Raiders. I'm trying to change my luck here because the last – whenever I seem to go with a Raiders wide receiver or some, you know, some guy that I like, it seems <laughs> to not play out well for me. And then, like, the next week they do great. So – I'm not picking any Raiders wide receiver because I don't want to curse any any player on my team this week, um, and I and I don't want to keep you know doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I'm going to go versus my Raiders, Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick. I I feel good about this. He 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 got a touchdown last week. Drew Locke is back. 
They're starting to they're starting to feel, you know, they're starting to get things moving here. They're putting up some points. And the Raiders are known to get in some shootouts. I I, I don't know why Tim Patrick, all six foot four of him, can't score a touchdown against the Raiders this week. Um, so I, I feel good. It's at Las Vegas. Not that that matters because there's no fans there. But I feel good about Tim Patrick this week. I feel like it's not too safe of a pick. It's not DJ Chark. Uh, it's a little more down the list. <laughs> but it, I thought for sure you were picking Philip Lindsay. So yeah. this uh, this is interesting. Yeah, I'm switching it up a little bit, man. I'm trying to break away from my uh, you know, my trends a little bit. You know, I'm trying to find another player to, to pick with. So I feel good about Tim Patrick. So we got Tim Patrick. We got DJ Chark. I feel like my back's already against the wall in that situation here. And then Duke Johnson, who was the first guy on my list, but I wanted to let Adam take him. Um, because I knew, once Adam got excited about Josh not taking him, I wanted, I wanted Adam to get him. Um, so those are our three. We will throw them up on Twitter to allow the Twitterverse to uh, see how one of us has a big advantage. I'm assuming DJ Chark will get the most votes. Do you think he will over Duke Johnson? I think that I think a lot of people are really out on the profile of DJ Chark, and they think that he was a one-year wonder. And maybe they're right, but the peripheral numbers, air yards, are are really looking great. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. The Twitter polls. It seems like, at least from like my history here of throwing them up, is that it, it feels like people tend to lean like the more obvious player. Last, well, actually, last week. Look at this poll last week. DJ Dallas got the most votes. He had 38% of the votes. Damian Harris right behind him at 34%, which in reality, they both, you know, scored in that order. DJ Harris first. I mean, DJ Dallas first and Damian Harris. Third votes was Cole Beasley and then Henry Ruggs. They, the, the Twitterverse actually voted this poll out the way they actually scored. So maybe Twitter's not, maybe Twitter's on to something here. Maybe I'm going to start throwing a poll up before I do the episode. And get who Twitter says, and then I'm gonna use them against you guys. Maybe that's what I'll do. I don't know. We'll see what Twitter says this week, but they were actually spot on last week in every regard. All right, that's our not so obvious locks of the week for week 10. Jump over to foul or no foul. The first one I have here for you guys, it's a gentleman that we actually spoke about earlier in the episode. I kept these all football related this week. James Robinson is currently a top five back in fantasy PPR score, and we, we talked about this. And bar an injury, he'll finish the season in that top five category. Adam, foul or no foul? I'm going to say foul. Um, it's it's super close. I think he'll be top ten for sure. But uh, I, I think that he might fall out of favor in that top five range. Mm-hmm. It's just there, there's so much to happen throughout the rest of the year. Um I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I'm looking at it now, and it's not like there's anybody who obviously is going to jump ahead of him. I yeah. just think probability-wise, he'll more likely to not fall out of that. But, uh, I mean, as far as him being a top-10 guy, it's 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 like a lock. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love highlighting James Robinson just because I think it's so cool that a undrafted free agent running back is doing this amazing. I love it. So, uh, Josh, foul or no foul? I think he makes it, especially if you get to say, like, only if he's healthy, because that's such a huge advantage at that position. Yeah. James Robinson has just, he's been nothing but good. I don't know if I want anything to do with him in 2021. <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm still, 
uh, a little bit gun shy from my Alex Collins, you know, nightmare. I got you. But I think he's good for the rest of the year. All right. That's fair. All right. The next one here, the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks, have three wide receivers who are locked in as no less than a flex start each week, rest of season, foul or no foul, Adam. It's a foul, and it sucks, but that's just the reality of it. I mean, it's so crazy. I I think I mentioned it on the pod before, but I often play with the Buccaneers on Madden, and right now they're just insane. It's so crazy that that does not translate, but it does <laughs> not translate. So, I mean, it seems like Mike Evans is an afterthought just because Tom Brady doesn't push the ball downfield, and that's what Mike Evans is good at. Chris Godwin's going to have some relevance, but he's been banged up all year. Antonio Brown looked okay in his first week. I mean, he looked great, but his usage was okay. Gronk had been getting consistent usage. So I think that more than anything, it's just going to be so hard to find anyone in that offense reliable week to week because they've they've got so many options there that if they even have a good week, it's going to be, you know, hit and miss for who it is each week that actually is productive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird situation, man. It just, it sucks because, you know, there's big time fans of all these guys, people, everybody, we all love them. And it's, you know, you know, on the field, as far as what, how they perform out there, uh, we, we, we love what they're capable of. And it's just, you know, it sucks when, you know, nobody goes off or, you know, they all just kind of eat into each other's, you know, production. But Josh, do you feel like, when you have these guys in your team that, you know, there's are there players that you really feel like you feel super confident about starting over these guys? I would start all three of these guys. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like it might be it might be a frustrating own where, you know, it, like you were saying, it could be a Patriots backfield type of a, a feel for us for the rest of the year. But I, I think that I think that these three guys are going to create a lot of offense and probably Score some unpredictable fantasy points. So, you know, buckle up. Yeah, it'll be exciting, you know, to see how they grow as far as the rest of this year. If it continues to, you know, get better and better and better, or if there's just this kind of stagnant thing, we'll we'll see how it, you know, how it plays itself out. The last one I have here I think is interesting. Richie James Jr. after nine receptions, 184 yards, and a touchdown, will become damn near irrelevant once all the starting wide receivers are back for San Francisco. And that's Bourne, that's Debo, that's uh, Ayuk. Foul or no foul, Adam? I'm going to say foul. And it's weird to say foul because it seems like it should definitely, you know, just be a flash in the pan kind of situation. However, we've now seen Travis Fulgham basically ascend in a similar situation. Um, We've seen Jacoby Myers on New England ascend now in a similar situation. I think it's possible that Richie James does that as well. I mean, Chase Claypool is another example uh, in Pittsburgh. So I think if you're young, you have that opportunity. San Francisco is very interesting in how they use their playmakers. So I definitely think that they're one of those few teams that I could see scheme well enough to utilize that skill set. So if you're able to have that sort of big, spike performance i think it's possible but it's really just gonna take them scheming specifically for him or you know injuries to continue to occur for him to him to get an opportunity 
Yeah. So you said, but yeah, it's, so it's interesting. Josh, do you agree with Adam or do you disagree? I do think that Kyle Shanahan is the exception to the rule in the sense that he knows how to uh, like really utilize a player. And if there's a place in the NFL where a player can make a huge boom and then completely fade, it's probably San Francisco. So I'm, I'm cheering for Richie James. I would like very much for him to just be become sort of a mainstay. But I, yeah, I think it's more likely that when all of the players come back that he he resumes being a backup singer. Right. <laughs> and shout out again to Jordan last week because he did say if there's any wide receiver that he cares about in San Francisco this week, last week, it was Richie James. So shout out to him for making that call if anyone yeah he crushed that one yeah if anyone acknowledged it and and and, and made a move adjusting you paid off um all right that's all i have for foul or no foul let's jump over to show and tell and close this bad boy out show and tell is the segment where adam josh and i will share something a product a podcast music book thought advice anything we want right now with the listeners any anything you're feeling that you want them to know about and you guys feel free to send us stuff too if you guys feel like we should be doing stuff because this segment has spurned a lot of great ideas and a lot of great things that people have recommended to me afterwards. So shout out to everybody who who else you know who sends stuff to us. Also, I will start it off today, guys. I want to throw this out there because obviously we don't get too political on the podcast, really. Um, but obviously, it's very it's, it's very clear right now that our country is in a weird place <laughs> uh, and that everyone's kind of pulling one way or the other. But I think that whether you're political or not, or whether you care about politics at all, or any of that kind of stuff, that you should still be educated on it, that you should still kind of know what's going on, like what's really happening, not what Facebook is telling you, not what you know your friend at the job is telling you, but just like really what's going on. And I listened to this podcast by NPR, just called the NPR Politics Podcast. And I think it's cool because it's just like usually around like 15 minutes long. And each day they drop an episode. And it's just like a dope way to kind of quickly stay up to date on what's happening. Like, you know, political news, political, you know, situations that are occurring. I think it's not too heavy. You know, it's not like something that stresses you out or that like puts this burden on you when you hear like, it's not like a bunch of negativity or nothing. It's just a couple of people that are, you know, super in depth and immersed in politics and that's their careers. And they uh, they talk about it. And they, like I said, it's like 15 minutes long and they'll hit up, you know, a couple of subjects a day or maybe it's one topic that's huge that they talk about. Um, so I just think it's a, a smart way to stay educated on it while not beating yourself up with it or being dragged into like negative conversations or anything like that. Um, so the NPR politics podcast, 15 minutes politics, just get your, your your dose for the day just to stay just to stay on top of this stuff, because it does matter, even though a lot of people don't want to discuss it because it's heavy. But um it's a it's a good way to just stay in tune and just keep yourself in check with it. That's what I got, guys. That's what I got. Adam, Josh, either one of you want to jump out here with something that you want to share? Yeah, I came to the table with something this week. Uh, in all the years we've done the podcast, I I do not know that I've ever recommended music. Um, so I feel a little little insecure, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and hold strong because it you know it's not. Um, it, it's not every day that I come across an album that like I end up playing on repeat. Um, but that happened recently, uh, actually over the summer, this band released a single that I was a big fan of. I'd never heard of them before. Uh, came across this single 
and was really excited to see what else they would produce. And they finally released the album. Uh, the band is called Stoplight Observations, and the album's called Orange. It just came out last month, and it's it's a real short album. It's only seven songs, uh, and they're described as a uh, southern electro rock band. Um, but uh, really, like the things that I hear most in it is is they have kind of like a um, a little bit of a Motown funk southern rock feel. Uh, but they're super unique in the sound play, and really, more than anything, I think it has phenomenal production value and just great sound mixing, and overall just has like a really cool listening experience. Um, so yeah, I, I really highly recommend it. Um, at only seven tracks, it's one of those albums where I feel like every song hits perfectly and there's no filler, which I really appreciate. Um, typically, I like albums that are more in like the 12, like 10 song range at the lowest. But uh, for what it is, it, it really, I mean, it really is like a perfect listen. I mean, the whole album is just over 20 minutes. And it's one of those albums, too, where I feel like if you listen to the first track and you like it, you're going to love the album. If you listen to the first track and you don't like it, it's probably not for you. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to make uh, Adam insecure and like listen to this and judge him for it next week we're gonna come back and just give you what we really think about it adam i don't know how neil's gonna feel i think josh will love it i don't know how to feel about you saying that actually feel insulted i no i mean you're you have a specific genre that you are a very very big fan of i don't know your uh musical taste outside of that Josh is much more like mainstream and I think is uh, also somebody who is going to hear most things and go like, yeah, I kind of like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Accurate. Yeah. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see Josh being very critical (laughs) of, of, uh, of most music. Let's go, Josh. What you got, man? Give us a musical thing. Come on. Okay. A musical thing? I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing (laughs) with you. What have you got, Josh? I don't have a musical thing. (laughs) I read this book. It's an actual paper book. It's um, it's sixty pages long, so some would call it a pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty late. That sounds pretty it's late. a book. This is another super cheesy self help thing called boundaries. That's Uh-oh. the main word in the title. There's some other words, but boundaries. And the author is Adeline Birch. I, and I, I actually have heard of this book. Oh my gosh, I read it and I felt stupid for having not read it. <laughs> like like the the I don't I don't want people to think that they're stupid, but just it felt like the kind of thing that was so elementary that I felt like it was knowledge I should have had my whole life. Mm. That's okay. the kind of thing it was. And it was just it's just so simple and just plain and I just feel like this should be some part of public education, but it isn't. And Is I it, recommend it. Just, just curious. Uh, my understanding, it's about like forming personal boundaries with like yourself and, and people around you. Is that essentially what the, what the idea is? Yeah, it really is. It okay. really is. But it, I just, I, I feel like it's worth a read. Yeah, you know. a quick description. It says, this book is a small is small but mighty. If you were involved in a pathological relationship where well, you want to prevent it from happening in the first place, this book is for you. 
It gets to the heart of the matter of personal boundaries. I should read this book because I don't even know what the fuck a pathological relationship is. Well, I was trying not to say I was trying not to say those words because I feel like that will scare a lot of people off. But I, I feel like it's just um, it's just what is pathological relationship, Josh? Like controlling or something? What is pathological relationship? Uh, okay, wait, I I can do this, Neil. Do you understand what a pathological liar is? Yes. Okay, so in the sense of a pathological liar, what does that mean to be a liar who is then pathological? I'm teaching. <laughs> it's like someone who just does it, like on, on impulse, right? Like it's just they just lie to lie. I feel like. Yeah. That yeah, exactly. That that that's a good way to to think about it. So carry that context over. So a relationship that's just a relationship, just to be in a relationship. Like there are just there are lots and lots of people in the <laughs> world who, without thinking about it, and who cannot help themselves from taking taking more than they should take, taking advantage of you. Well, and before Josh interrupted, you were really close. It, it it's compulsion, compulsionary. Okay. Uh, get you know gets involved in relationships almost as like a compulsion, and. It, it, Essentially, the idea of creating boundaries. I, I haven't read the book, but it, it's been I've heard it brought brought up in personal development circles that I'm in, and essentially, the the context in that regard is being pat in like a pathological relationship would be a relationship that is like chaotic, and you're not observant of it. Interesting. Interesting. It was it small but mighty, Josh. The book. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> All like, right. I mean, that's it sounds like it's worth like checking 60 out. Pages. I'm not a reader, folks, and I read this book. What size is the font? We're talking about sixty pages. We got super small font, <laughs> some big font. What are we hey, talking about? This book. How many pictures are there? Yeah, gosh. we talking about children's book size font. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, okay, maybe I might be sounding like a 38 year old here, but imagine how thick your checkbook is. Like, we all still have checkbooks, right? We all still write some checks for bills. Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. how thick this book is. Okay. So it's pretty thin. Okay. All right. I don't know how many letters they fit on each page. Could be, could be, could be overwhelming, but we'll see. If you're like me, you're going to power through this book in like two or three days, which is really not saying that much because it's 60 pages, but oh my gosh. <laughs> That's 20 pages a day, man. It's an accomplishment. All right. So, hey, check out that podcast. Check out that book. Check out that music. See see what you like. Take what you do. Leave what you don't. It's very simple. And like I said, if you have any recommendations, we'd love to hear it too. Josh can be found on Twitter at JC Crocker. When there's, when there's power. When there's power, which quote unquote power. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, right, right. Yeah, sure. Uh, Adam can be found at the other FF guy. They've both been hard to find since they've gotten their Manscaped razors, but they're they're around. They're around. They, I think they use that thing for more things than probably recommended, um, but that's okay. They're loving it, and that's all that matters. You can find me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram and all those good places. If you haven't already, slap that subscribe button. Drop us a five-star review. We love seeing what you guys say. We love seeing the comments and the thoughts and the feedback. And we love you coming back each week. So we appreciate that. Again, speaking of Manscaped, one more reminder. 
Get on this deal before the offer ends. It's 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. All you have to do is use the promo code Clock Dodgers and it's yours. You can share it with your friends. You can share the code with family. Tell them it's an early Christmas gift. I mean, do what you want to do. However, however you want to slice it. I mean, if you want to buy it for the gift and give it to them, that's fine. You, you know, you get the discount. You got to tell them about it. Or you can just give them the code and let them get the discount. It's great either way. But shout out to anyone who has already made purchases using our promo code. We appreciate it. Um, can't thank you enough for it. It is, like I said, it is coming to an end soon. So if you do want to take advantage of it, that promo code uh, ends on the 19th, I believe. So definitely, definitely take advantage of it while you can. Uh, and also just a reminder, or not even a reminder, but just so anyone knows, in case you think that you have to go on there and buy like a specific thing or spend a specific amount of money to support us, you don't have to do that. Uh, they literally, you could buy the entire kit. Some people have done that already. You could buy just the boxers, which we all can attest to here. They're amazing. Um, or, or even just some mints. They're like $5 or something like that. They're not that expensive. But just the purchase using that promo code, you know, you get in the, the, the discount and the free shipping. It helps us. So, you know, whatever you can do, it matters. If you can't do it, it's fine too. We appreciate it either way. Um, but just wanted to remind you guys one more time. If you haven't used the promo code, use it while you got the chance. Other than that, be kind, be great, keep dodging.